Hey everyone, welcome back to the Everything Jesus podcast. I'm Dr. Billy Birch and this is my wife, Kim. Hi everybody. And today we have what I think is one of the most practical instances in Jesus's life that we can apply to ourselves today so easily, mm-hmm. so readily. I mean, every day, every week, we can apply these principles. Right. This I can't is, wait to get into it. It's going to describe know? something that is how life feels. This exactly. This just paints a picture that we're going to be able to relate to. Yeah, it, it paints a picture like that because we live in a broken world. We live in a world full of troubles, mm-hmm. uh, full of circumstances. Sometimes we don't know exactly what to do with and full of a place that we end up being in a position of fear. Oh, boy, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking when I was reading this section how there's part of us that just not just does not want to be alone in our fear. Yeah, that's so true. Hmm. I, I was remembering how um, you went in for a really serious surgery a few years back, open heart surgery. And that morning as I was anticipating you going back for the surgery... I, it struck me, I'm going to be alone when he goes in. I'm going to be alone. And just this sense of panic. And it's a beautiful story that the Lord actually provided people for me to be with. You I was know, not that, alone. I, I remember that. I remember that was one of the great stories that mm. came out of that whole situation mm. was you seeing God provide for you in that way. Because mm. it's it's true. When, when you're afraid of something, mm. you want someone to be with you, to give you reassurance even, right. or just right. to say there's protection or watch your back. or yeah. you know. and even I think of our kids when they were little, they would wake up with a bad dream at night. They did not want to be alone. It would be yeah. mom, dad, you that's, know. That's, yep. You just and don't want to be alone. And they in bed and everything is fine. Like <laughs> right. nothing was going on, like yeah. no, you know, storms or anything, you know. Yeah. And so when we get to this story, uh, I think that very same thing is true, you know, Um, And so why don't you read it, and then we'll get right into it. Okay, so we're reading out of Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. It's just a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. It's just full of, uh, you know, climax. It's full of fear. It's Mm -hmm. full of, you know, the storm. There's activity going on. There's disciples. And then there's the little bit of a surprise that Jesus is sleeping in the midst of something that's going on. So we're going to get right into that. Mm -hmm. But um, let's just start from the beginning. It says that as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Mm -hmm. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. That 
was what caused the fear. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the storm that just raged in the middle of, it was unexpected. I mean, it is obvious that you're going out into the sea, hoping that you have good weather. And the Sea of Galilee often would, would, would have pretty ferocious storms. It's, that sea is actually 700 feet below sea level. And so it's surrounded by these high mountains, you know, okay. and, 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 you know, thousands of feet above sea level. So when the wind comes across, it creates this violent kind of wind storm that comes fast hmm. and it just approaches without warning mm-hmm. and, and often gets everybody into a pretty bad situation, okay. you know. So they couldn't anticipate that this was coming. There were no signs. They had struck out on this trip thinking everything would be fine. Yeah. And all of a sudden this was upon them. It, the yeah. one thing that I was noticing when you were just reading this, they are in this position because they obeyed Jesus. Exactly. It's not that they've gone off on their own and gotten themselves into a mess because of disobedience. Sometimes in life, we do that to ourselves. We Mm -hmm. get ourselves into problems, into moments of fear because of disobedience. But there they are doing what Jesus asked them to do. And they walk right into this. And isn't that the way life is? Mm. I mean, you know, we as believers want to walk with Jesus and we want to keep this path going that, that we're on with Jesus and this journey with Jesus and, and everything that we have to do. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what the disciples were doing. You, you said it right. They are in the center of God's will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Often we don't know what the center of God's will looks like or feels like or whatever, but we know for sure they are in the center of God's will because Jesus, who is God, said to them, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. And they obeyed. They hopped in the boat. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yet, just like you said, the storm came. Mm-hmm. It was the trouble in the midst of even walking in the center of the will of God. Right. You know? Doing the right thing doesn't mean we're exempt from trials. Yeah. And it wasn't because of their sin. It wasn't mm-hmm. because of disobedience. It was because God wanted them to be there. Yeah. You know? Uh, it, it it just it it comes as a surprise sometimes, but it has to come as a spiritual truth that every trouble that we get into, every trial that we experience, every hardship that we have to endure, has to pass through the fingers of God first. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and He puts us in these places. Right. You know. You know, I'm thankful in the Bible that we have the account of Job, of Job's life. Oh, uh, true. Because it the whole story of Job, this is one out of the Old Testament, begins with Job was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. Okay, yeah. let's just uh, yeah, start true. out of the gate. This is not an issue of disobedience. And then Job has all sorts yeah. of catastrophic things happen in his life. And I mean, poor Job, he had to be the example for the rest of mankind throughout history that you can be doing the right thing and still life can be incredibly difficult. And we're looking for the thread of God's faithfulness and God's presence in the midst of that. That's what the whole book of Job is about. So I'm so thankful that we have a story like that to tell us. It's not always a result of our sin that life can become difficult. And we find that life becomes difficult because we live in a broken world full of broken people, Mm -hmm. broken situations, tragic events that that happen. Um, But we know that God is the author of of this life that we live. And we know that he brings 
good things, even out of the bad things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're going to see that in a minute, but we just have to understand that God's sovereignty is not absent here. Mm -hmm. His providence is not absent here. He's actually telling the disciples, there's something in this. Mm -hmm. It's going to be awful, but there's something in this. Trust me on yeah. this. And we don't get to see the other side. You mm -hmm. know, we, we get to see uh, just a... a, a I guess what we're experiencing, right. you know, that's all we get to see, but God sees so much more and so much of a bigger picture because he's the one that's ordained it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And they're going to walk away with something really valuable from this experience they've gone through. It's not without, without purpose in their lives. And, and this is where we pick up. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Okay. <laughs> I love the detail. The details what, what makes me he laugh, He had a too. pillow, everyone. He's he, okay. <laughs> yep. He, he knew this was coming, and he grabbed a pillow. It wasn't just that he kind of fell asleep in the corner, mm. like, man, it's been a rough day, and all of a sudden took a power nap. <laughs> he's curled up next to the, the wall of the, the, the boat or something like that, and he's got a pillow because he's like, I'm down for the count, right. well, and I'm he'd staying come, there. He'd come out of, um, you know, the, the beginning of chapter four is he had told, you know, four different parables here. So he'd had a pretty yeah. serious teaching day. He's looking to take a little nap. Yeah. No matter what is going on outside, he is taking a nap. I think that's really comical. The disciples, it says right after the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Mm. Now, um... It's, it's really interesting when you look at the two perspectives. I mean, there's a lot mm -hmm. that we could, we're going to draw from that, mm -hmm. these little verses right here, these two verses. The two perspectives are very interesting. The disciples, we're definitely going to drown. Mm -hmm. We're done. We're, we're all dead. Okay. And, and look what Jesus is doing, right? Mm -hmm. He's sleeping. And his perspective is, I got this under control. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I've got this under control. It's, it's funny mm -hmm. when we're looking at, at, at being with somebody, like you said, in a, in a moment of fear, and you look at being with Jesus, who is the one who says, I've got this. Yeah. So he, he knew that his life could not end this way mm -hmm. because he knew he'd come for a greater purpose. He knew that he was moving towards the cross eventually. Mm -hmm. So he knew that this storm couldn't take him out. He could sleep right on through it. It was not a threat to him. Now, the disciples didn't have that information, so right. it was threatening to them. I When I read this, I'm like... What did they expect when they woke him up? Were they were they just like join us in our panic? We need you to be miserable too. <laughs> what were they expecting? Yeah, that, that's right. That, that's so true. I mean, maybe they were just like everybody's got to be afraid right now. Let's get up and or or maybe help throw things over. To, who knows? What? Right. You're you know, you're right? an able-bodied person. Come on, help us out here. Yeah, exactly. We but don't know if you're anything beyond that, but your extra hands. But you know, like you said, there were instances in the uh, before that where they would see Jesus do mir miraculous works. Um, he heals people. He turned water into wine. I mean, there was just a little bit there that's like, this man is different. He's powerful. And I'm sure they just wanted to get him up and say, what do we do? Mm -hmm. If you're the great teacher, you just taught us for like a whole day. What yeah. do we do now? Okay. You know what I mean? So teach us in this. Teach us Figure how to handle something. this. At the very least, hopefully you can give us some words of wisdom about how to yeah. approach this mess. Right. And I think they were somewhat indignant by the way this question yeah. looks that... You are laying on a pillow. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. I, it's almost piercing what they ask. Don't you care? Yes. 
you know, I think sometimes we say that to Jesus. Yeah. Don't you care? Don't you care about right. what I have going on here? Absolutely. It's but to think about he had come to earth because he cared. Right. He had stooped down from heaven you know, this descent to earth, and he was going to have to live this humble life and die a humiliating death, really painful, mm-hmm. because he cared. And they're, they're yelling at him, don't you care? That's a good, that's a really mm. good point. You know, um, this is what happens with us. You know, and I don't want to lose this, this practical application before we move on in the, in the passage. Before we do, I just want to, want to make this clear. This is what happens to us. We have storms on the outside. Mm. The circumstances on the outside are very uh, scary. They're, they're, they're terrifying. They're hurtful. They're mm. painful. Whatever it is, we have storms on the outside, which is the storm outside. Then you have the storm of inner terror. Oh, That's the second storm that, that comes on us when the outside circumstances look like that. Then all of a sudden, the storm hits the inside. So okay. we have this inner terror, this inner mm. storm, mm-hmm. right? And then what the disciples are experiencing because of that question, you just, you know, mentioned, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? It's a theological storm. Oh. So that's the third storm. So true. They're hitting three storms. They got the outside storm that's coming in and they're all afraid that's causing them the inner turmoil. Yeah. And then the theological storm, assuming that God doesn't care. Mm, mm, They got all three going on. The last one's the hardest. Don't you care? It is. God, are you even around? Are you even there? Yeah. I have. I have said that many times yeah, in, yeah. in my life in many circumstances. Yeah. You know, you're trying to define what do I know about God that applies to this situation, and why isn't this working out the way I thought God would work it out? Yeah. That that yeah. can be deeply painful when Very our troubling. expectations of what we wanted to see God do are not coming into into fruition here. Yeah, I was thinking about in Isaiah 41, this little section. Um, we're familiar with one of these verses, but the, the preceding verses, I think, are so really telling here. So listen to what Isaiah 41, starting mm-hmm. at 27, says. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can mm. you say God ignores your rights? Have you not heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strengthens the powerless. Even youths become weak and tired and young men will fall into exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. Mm. They will walk and not faint. Man, you've read some really awesome passages. That's Mm. one chunk in Isaiah 41 that just speaks to this very that that's an that's an awesome passage and it begins with exactly what the disciples are saying how can you say the lord does not see your troubles how can you say god ignores your rights exactly that's what they were accusing jesus of don't you care and then it says when jesus woke up he rebuked the wind and said to the waves silence be still suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm Hmm. i don't want to lose the miraculous, creative power of Jesus Christ. If you read Colossians 1, you realize mm-hmm. that Jesus is the creator, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he takes, as a creator, and if we remember even back into Genesis, you know, 
the power of the spoken word. Right. He the spoke power things of into his existence. spoken word. Yeah. It's not like it says he took his hands and crafted this and crafted that. He spoke things into existence. Yeah. That's the immense power of his word. Mm. You know, mm. I even think of when the uh, the Roman soldiers, where the soldiers fell back ah. when they were going to arrest Jesus at that point when they were having a dialogue and I am he. Bam. And right. all the soldiers they fall, fall to the ground. You know what I mean? There's power in his words. And he says, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Yeah. That's the power of Jesus. That's the power of Jesus that we need to realize is, is I guess, the effective work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like when we go to Jesus, we can't just go to him saying, okay, I know I'm supposed to. But we have to understand that that power that he demonstrates, that resurrection power, the power of the spoken word that he demonstrates is what we get. Mm. when Jesus is with us. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, let me read, because I had also marked that that verse that you referred to there out of Colossians 1. Um, listen to this, because this, like you said, Jesus was the voice that that uh, initiated creation. So yeah. let's, let's listen to this, Colossians 1, 15 through 17. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Mm -hmm. He existed before anything else. And he holds all creation together. So Christ is over creation. So for him to speak, silence be still, yeah, the wind and the waves stop. He's the authority over that. Yeah. And he created it and sustains it and has authority over it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden they see this. Right. How do you think about that? Yeah. Think about if you're out on your front lawn and the wind is whipping and and there's rain. It's like, wow, this is really bad. And you just spoke a word and it all went away. That's, it must have been staggering. Okay. But it was after that, that Jesus then provided a question to the disciples. Mm -hmm. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Mm. And, you know, it's a very telling question. Uh, It's telling for several reasons. Jesus said, let's cross to the other side of the lake, which means we're going to the other side of yeah. the lake. I don't care the path that we have to go to get there. We're going there. We're getting there. Yeah. The destination is secure. Yet they somehow didn't believe that they were going to get there. Why are, we, you, know, why are you going to just let us drown? Or get, get up. Why are you sleeping? We're going to all die, you know? Mm-hmm. Yet he was like, you know, I thought I told them that we're going to get to the other side, right? And then when he says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? You have to understand that there's a relationship between fear and faith. Hmm. There always is a relationship between fear and faith. The increase in one leads to the decrease in the other. Wow. You understand what I mean? I'm seeing that image in my mind. One is rising, the other one's falling. Yes. At any given time. At any given time. There's a relationship between fear and faith. My favorite poem, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. This just came to my mind. I hope you like poems, but it's not a good, it's not, it doesn't rhyme. Okay. But it says, fear knocked at the door, faith answered, no one was there. 
I love that. I carry that around with me in my head for the last 20 years. That's been something I've really always told people. Look, fear knocked at the door. Faith answered. No one was there. Mm -hmm. Because that's the relationship between fear and faith. The increase in one leads to the decrease in the other. And they weren't getting that. So that's why Jesus used those two questions. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Mm -hmm. There is that relationship between Uh, fear and faith, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So as I'm thinking back on sort of the unfolding of this here, they had doubted his love when they said, don't you care? Then they had doubted his word when they said, you know, we don't think we're going to get to the other side. He had said, we're going to the other side. They needed to put their faith in what his word was and know it would come to pass. Yes. Wow. Same for us. That's a really good point that you bring up that we... We will dive into fear and we'll wallow around in fear when circumstances, when we allow circumstances to override God's word. Hmm. And that's what they did. They knew God's word. Jesus' word was, let's get to the other side of the lake, you know. Um, But they allowed the circumstances to override even what the word of God says. And we have to be very careful that mm-hmm. we look at God's word and we read it and we look at his promises and we look at God's character, his goodness, his wisdom, and not let the circumstances be over God's word, but let God's word be over the circumstances. And that's the proper placement. Yeah. You know. So I'm seeing that in my life, when I'm in storms, I can do those same two things. I can doubt God's love. Yeah. I can doubt his word. Like yes. that's going to be the temptation for me that's when good. I'm in the boat and I'm getting tossed all around with that's this fierce really storm and waves, waves are breaking over me. I'm going to be tempted to doubt his love. I'm going to be tempted to doubt his word. Yeah, that that's so true. And, and you know, another practical point that I kind of was challenged in reading this. And every time I read this, I'm challenged in my own life. Um, you know, they, they did see Jesus do miracle, miraculous works mm-hmm. prior to this. Right. They did hear very astounding, authoritative teaching prior to this. They knew something was different, but it's easy to forget what Jesus did yesterday oh, yeah. when the circumstances are really bad today. Yeah. You know, how do we fight that? I mean, because they, yeah. they fell prey to it. They had seen Jesus right before their eyes. Who knows? It might have only been a, a couple of days before they'd seen him do miraculous things. Yeah. Immediately before this, they had heard him teach these very, you know, challenging and, you know, inspiring parables. And here they are faced with the storm. They've forgotten. How, how do we remember? And I think you mentioned it just 30 seconds ago when you said we cannot doubt God's love. I mean, if you look at all the instances of God showing his love to us, and the number one being Jesus went to the cross for his love, you know, for us. So we cannot doubt his love, and we cannot doubt his word. And the more we understand the character of God, his love, and the more we dive into his word and let the word of God um, dictate how we feel or how we see in our perspective on a circumstance, we're going to grow in our faith. That doesn't come easily. It takes discipline. It takes a mind shift in a sense, and it takes us to really be be walking with God in a, in a way that is just different than, mm-hmm. than when we're in fear, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just jump into the love of God, jump into his care and concern, jump into his word, because that's where they left off. God doesn't care. God's word means nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, God very much cares. He has a purpose in this, and his, his word is applicable 
and powerful yeah. and alive yeah. in our situation. Yeah. I'm even thinking about, um, you know, just our last podcast was about how the truth of God's word is like a seed being deposited into our lives. Yeah. There are weeds that want to choke it out. And yeah. the weeds were worries of this life deceitfulness of riches and desire for other things. So that first one is exactly what we see here. Worries of this life. They were panicked for their own survival. They were worried. And it was snatching away the truths that they knew about Jesus. Yeah. And uh, then we're going to end with the last verse, which I I, I I chuckle at this a little bit too. It's so funny when you you look at the words. Yeah. It says the disciples, as is after... Jesus silenced the, the, the and, and told the waves and the wind to be still, okay? Mm-hmm. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. So their, their terrible fear of the storm. And then there was this awesome, overwhelming, just kind of them looking at each other like, what just happened? Who is this man who can calm the waves and the storm? It's awesome. Yeah, They saw Jesus for who he was at that moment. His word came true, the care and concern, his power, Mm -hmm. all in that one instance. And they're just like, who is this man? And they were in the beginning of of Jesus's ministry. So Mm -hmm. they're still learning and still trying to figure out, wow, um, who is this man? Really? I know what he claims, but Maybe it's true, you yeah, know? It's like, yeah, yeah. they had gone from, you know, in verse 38, when they were saying, teacher, don't you care? They were angry and terrified at that point. They were angry at Jesus that he could sleep. Yeah, yeah. And they were rebuking him. Yeah. Now he's resolved it. They are amazed and terrified. And it sounds like they're worshiping him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, it's, it's what we need to do. Yeah. Jesus is going to show himself faithful. He's going to show himself powerful. And our response also needs to be one of worship. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's awesome. Practical yeah. things, great, great things. Yeah. And, um, you know, next podcast, we get to dive into another situation where we see God's power over evil mm. on an individual. Uh, mm. You know, just just a really powerful healing, um, bringing a person to wholeness. And that's going to be really great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, hey, do you mind praying? Yeah, That'd be awesome. That. Lord, we thank you for this scene that helps us to fix our eyes on Jesus in a new way. And Lord, this is exactly how our lives feel as believers, Lord, that we are tossed around in a storm. But the fact that Jesus is present with us makes all the difference, Lord. He is over the storm. Right now, as our listeners are thinking about the storms in their life, Jesus is over that storm. He has authority over it. And I pray for each of us that your presence with us would make all the difference in the middle of our storms. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.